Hi, Mike Baxter here from Goal Atlas with August's Strategy Distilled, my monthly concoction of insights, learning and things you might have missed for anyone who works in strategy, who works with strategy or who just loves strategy. So this month I'm going to be talking about leading and lagging indicators of strategy metrics and I'm going to tell you about two snippets of strategy that you might have missed, Google's Simplicity Sprint and the idea of scruffy strategy. So leading and lagging indicators of strategy metrics. This year has turned into a year of two halves as far as my consultancy work is concerned. The first half was all about strategy production and the second half is all about strategy adoption, which led me to two interesting reflections on how to make strategy properly joined up right across the strategy lifecycle. So my first re reflection is on the adoption readiness of strategy. Typically, strategy is written as a flowing narrative. It's designed to tell the story of an organization's future, or at least the future they seek to bring about. It needs to read well. It needs to be engaging. It needs to be compelling. And this is great as a piece of communication, but it isn't a great place to start strategic planning. You may remember in last month's newsletter, I emphasized the importance of separating strategy from strategic planning. For strategic planning, the narrative of a written strategy needs to be translated into discrete goals that can be clearly defined, meaningfully delegated and effectively resourced and performance managed. This process of making strategy adoption ready seems to be a missing link in many organizations' management of strategy. Now, to help rectify this for the higher education sector, I'm running a hands-on workshop on the subject in London on the 6th of October, and you'll find the link in the written version of this newsletter. If you can't make it, or if you'd like me to show you how to apply the principles to another sector, drop me a line at mike at goalatlas.com and I'll send you some materials on the subject. My second reflection is on tracking progress towards strategic goals. And it's this idea that I want to drill down into in this newsletter. I see tracking progress as quite a different thing from measuring the impact of strategy, which is the thing that's talked about most commonly in relation to strategy measurement. Clearly, both are important. If you want to prove, for example, to your board or your customers that your recently completed strategy was a success, you need to measure its impact. You do, do so using lagging indicators, measures of the outcome of your past actions. There are two issues with this. Firstly, lagging indicators, as the name suggests, are delayed in yielding results. Your strategic actions need time to have their intended impact and hence lagging indicators take time to quantify the impact of those actions. Secondly, most strategies are designed to drive change over long periods of time. Lagging indicators of strategic impact, therefore, are doubly delayed. And this is why I believe talking about tracking progress towards strategic goals may be a lot more useful. Tracking uses leading indicators measures of likely future performance and these measures are much better suited to guiding and adapting strategic plans to respond to circumstances that were unforeseen and possibly unforeseeable when the strategy was first written.
Now, just to make sure that we are clear, there are two criteria that differentiate leading and lagging indicators, time frame and purpose. A leading indicator has a prospective time frame. It's a measurement indicating progress towards some ultimate objective. A lagging indicator, on the other hand, has a retrospective time frame. It's a measurement of the impact or value of completed actions. In terms of purpose, a leading indicator, its purpose is a measure of progress which should also be a proxy measure or a predictor of impact or value. The purpose of a lagging indicator is to measure something with tangible value. This is where we actually want to get to by means of our actions. And again, just for the sake of clarity, here are some examples of leading and lagging indicators. In relation to diet, for example, the leading indicator might be calories consumed. The lagging indicator might be weight loss. For marathon training, the leading indicator might be how far you run, distance you train in miles a week. The lagging indicator might be the finish time for your marathon race. In e-commerce, leading indicators include online sessions, the number of them per month. The bounce rate, how many people just visit one page and leave your site. The add to basket value. Whereas a lagging indicator is the actual online revenue that you make. In terms of sales more generally, leading indicator might be the number of calls completed, the volume of your sales pipeline. Lagging indicator is the sales revenue you actually earn. In terms of employee engagement, leading indicators might be absence rate, number of days a year, participation rate in particular activities, or the number of customer complaints you receive. Lagging indicators might include staff retention, how many years do staff stay with you, and net promoter score. So hopefully that gives you an understanding of the difference between leading and lagging indicators. Now to dig into this in more depth, let's sketch out the process for deciding how best to measure strategy, both in its progress, leading indicators, and its impact, lagging indicators. The starting point, and one that's often overlooked, is to be clear about what your strategy is for. What is its purpose? And this isn't as straightforward a question as it might first appear. Michael Porter proposed in 1980 that there are three generic strategies that organisations of all sizes and in all sectors can choose between. The first is cost leadership where organisations succeed by having the lowest priced products in a market. And that, of course, is only possible if they maintain the lowest operating costs. Aldi, Lidl and Walmart are cost leaders in the retail sector. Value differentiation is the second generic strategy that organisations can choose. Here, they're trying to offer value that their competitors find hard to replicate. Such value differentiation usually enables organisations to charge premium prices. Apple and Tesla are successful value di differentiators. And the third generic strategy, according to Porter, is focus. 
and here organizations focus on meeting the needs of a market niche, often within a particular geographic niche. And much of the hospitality sector operates on focus strategies, with bars, restaurants and hotels focused on the needs and preferences of a particular type of customer in their particular neighbourhood. Subsequent research, after Porter published his findings in 1980, such as the research by Donald Hambrick, has elaborated Porter's generic strategies considerably. These include strategies for aggressive market entry versus strategies for managed decline and market exit, strategies focused entirely on shareholders' interests versus strategies focused on all stakeholders' interests. Strategies for innovation and growth versus strategies for cost management and profit maximization. Strategies to make money versus strategies to make the world a better place. So deciding on the purpose of your strategy should give a clear indication of how you need to measure its ultimate success. If you seek cost leadership, you need to measure your prices and operating costs. If your strategy is entirely focused on shareholder benefit, you need to measure dividends and stock price. Given such measures of ultimate strategic success, are there secondary measures of success that you might need to add? Remember here that the purpose of your strategy is not the same as your actual strategy. Your strategy needs to set out how you plan to achieve your strategy's purpose. What specific combination of actions will lead you to that ultimate measure of success? Measures of the impact of those various actions might then become your secondary measures of success. Okay, that ought to have resolved the measures of success for your strategy. These will all be lagging measures. They seek to retrospectively quantify the impact of your past actions. They may therefore not be fully resolved until a year or two after the strategy is fully complete. Something everybody responsible for strategy governance needs to be fully aware of. So that's why we need leading indicators, measures of progress that will guide and adapt our strategic plan to, to respond to changing circumstances. Leading indicators, of course, should be predictors of those lagging indicators. If you make good progress towards a strategic goal, this should give you confidence that your lagging indicator will eventually go on to prove that your actions had their desired impact. One thing to remember when choosing leading indicators is that binary metrics are often useful. This is because have you completed the action needed to make your progress is often the only question you need answered in a lot of strategy work. Have you organised the team to work on that strategic goal? Have you specified exactly what goal you will be working on? Have you secured the resources you need to start work? Have you achieved the goal yet? All of these are yes-no binary answers and they're a great way to be guiding progress as you progress through your strategy. Another thing to think about when planning the leading indicators across an entire strategy is that leading indicators should cascade. Making progress on sub-goals should lead to progress being made on main goals. 
Ultimately, reaching leading indicators should lead to the achievement of lagging indicators, and hence the cascade of strategy metrics should connect together in one single cascade of interconnected measurements. And anyone who knows me will realize that strategy mapping is my tool of choice for planning and validating the cascade of goals that make up a strategy, and subsequently for cascading the metrics by which both progress and impact are measured. So that's leading and lagging indicators as strategy metrics. The two snippets you may have missed about strategy, Google's Simplicity Sprint. According to Google CEO Sundar Pichai, Google's productivity is not where it needs to be given their headcount and the turbulent macroeconomic times expected ahead. As a result, he's launching a simplicity sprint designed to, in his words, create a culture that is more mission focused, more focused on our products, more customer focused. We should think about how we can minimize distractions and really raise the bar on both product excellence and productivity. The reason this caught my attention is that it's a great exception to one of my favorite rules that strategy should always be differentiated from business as usual. My boundary model of strategy suggests that the very essence of strategy is that it seeks to introduce the sort of change that won't happen just by carrying on with business as usual. By definition, therefore, strategy and business as usual are different activities. And the boundary model highlights the fact that leaders need to decide where the boundary lies between the two and what relative allocation of time and resources needs to be given to each. One possible answer is to spend 70% of the organization's effort on business as usual, 20% refining business as usual, and 10% on strategy to invent business as usual for the future. Then Google's simplicity sprint comes along and reminds us that sometimes strategy is all about business as usual. Sometimes the lens of strategy needs to move away from long-term investments to hedge our bets about the future. Instead, it needs to look urgently at our ways of working today that are perhaps no longer sufficiently fit for purpose. Strategy can be many things in many different circumstances. The important thing, as we've just discussed in the leading and lagging indicators piece above, is to be clear about what purpose your strategy is intended to serve. The second snippet is introducing the idea of scruffy strategy, which I love. Rob Estratino takes the idea of scruffy hospitality and uses it to make a useful point about strategy. Scruffy hospitality means you're more interested in quality conversations than the impression your home or your lawn makes. If we only share meals with friends when we are excellent, we aren't truly sharing life together. Scruffy strategy, and I would emphasize this is what I took from what Rob wrote rather than specifically what he wrote, means sharing the essence of strategy well before its presentation is perfected to make sure it's grounded in reality, seen from different perspectives and stress tested by comparison with alternative strategic options. In my opinion, leaders need to spend a lot more time on the scruffy versions of their strategy in order to make the polished version 
more likely to succeed and more impactful when it does. That's it for Strategy Distilled for August. Until next time.